Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is Studio C41 and I'm Bill Manning and we are here for another one-on-one interview and man, I am so excited. I sent her a message on Instagram and uh, she has replied and said that she would love to come onto the show and um, you may have seen her YouTube videos. If you have searched anything about 4 by 5 you may have seen a video uh, with a woman with blue hair and a Metallica t-shirt, uh, <laughs> that this is absolutely one of the coolest videos that I've watched. And it was incredibly helpful. Lena Besanova, how are you? I'm absolutely great. And this epic video with a Metallica t-shirt, I still do not know how it has so many views. <laughs> it's a total surprise. I did not expect it to be popular. You know, I I, I think I when I first got into four by five, um, I just did a search on four by five portraits, and I think yours is literally probably in the like the first five videos that comes up in it, and um, and your videos that you put out have helped me out, and all the views that you see translate to helping so many other people learning a I would say a very complex process because um you have people that are very interested from that make this transition from digital to film and then when they start learning oh there's so much more than just 35 millimeter medium format now you have this transition that takes place with four by five and it's a completely uh, i would say intimidating because there's movements there's a film back you know there's a lot of steps uh, before that take place before actually exposing an image. And a lot of people feel a little intimidated by it. And I, I did too. And I, I, gosh, I have destroyed so many sheets of film just <laughs> learning and I I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. So let's dive into it. I I'd really love to hear more about you and, um, and so with the listeners. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lena. Wow, I don't even know where to start. So currently, <laughs> I don't shoot as much 4x5, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I moved a little bit back to medium format, mainly for work reasons, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to be shooting a bit more 4x5 for myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm living between Italy and France and doing purely analog work, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing. I would never believe if anyone told me that would be my life. Never. Because actually, I went to university to study radio production. Uh, Yep, 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 yep. And radio was my passion for a while. I worked on the radio in uh, Russia as a radio presenter. So we are kind of colleagues almost. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much. And I never thought there would be anything that uh, would make me fall in love even more. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now it's film. And actually today, earlier today, I've been processing, like, I think 10 rolls I processed uh, in two tanks at the same time. So it was fun. And it's the same feeling as it was eight years ago when I processed my first roll. Oh, that's you know, awesome. That is- that is magic. Every time I open this tank, it's like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that no, there, there's there's truth to that because I I um I don't have a dark room, but we there's a community dark room, mm-hmm. and um I go down there, and every single time that um I pull um a sheet from the the trays, and mm-hmm. you see that image come up um as it's developing, it literally is like a Polaroid, but on an eight by 10, just about every time. And it's, and it's <laughs> that, that magic, it's real. It's, and it's an awesome feeling. So, well, so I'm, I'm kind of curious. So how did you transition into from radio and like, how did you find this interest in photography? Oh, I never had interest in photography. Mm-hmm. I always thought that, uh, First of all, okay, first of all, I did not know that film photography existed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was doing digital photography, but mostly travel photography. And I had a pretty popular uh, travel photo blog, but it was like back 10 years ago when no one had those blogs. Mm-hmm. But um, to be honest, I was shooting digital in auto mode and I did not even know what shutter speed is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. that was where started yep and so i got bored with it and then i found this job on the radio and i got so passionate about it and i decided to study radio production i went to switzerland mm-hmm. uh it's an american university so i did not know the system that well mm-hmm. and i had this advisor who is known to this day uh, about force for forcing students to classes they don't really want to take Mm-hmm. And that was my case. When I came to her, I was like, oh, I'm so lost, so many classes, so what should I take? And then there were some uh, required classes, and there was no radio production that semester. And she oh, wow. forced me into photography. She was like, take the photographs. I'm like, I don't want to. I really don't <laughs> want to. Can you find something else, like psychology, sociology, something? <laughs> she was like, no, 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 you take it. See, it fits with your schedule. Like, but I don't want to. So she instead, and that's how I ended up in uh, film photo class oh wow and uh, first yeah oh i ruined so many roles of film i was terrible i was bad (laughs) oh i I was definitely not the best in class it was not a fairy tale story (laughs) (laughs) no you know i think um i think i would call it more of a rite of passage um, because there have just been so many rolls of film that I've destroyed, sheets of film have destroyed, <laughs> um, opening up the back of a camera, realizing, oh, yeah. there was film in that. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, uh-huh. I think we're all guilty of that. And I think um, I think most people are OK with talking about that stuff because it really does show that we have a willingness to learn about those things and, and mistakes happen. And, you know, there are also happy mistakes, you know, where, you know, mm-hmm. film interacted differently than you expected it, but it came out so much better. And I think a lot of people do like that. And I do like, um, you know, on a couple episodes back, we interviewed a company called um, uh, Analog Wonderland. And we're seeing mm. so many new films that are coming out where uh, people are pre-exposing it to light. Um, they are, um, you know, running electricity through it and everything. Mm. And so we're now seeing Revlog, uh, Double Film, um, uh, Mo- uh, Washi, and um, oh gosh, there's just so many out there. Uh, Double Film is another one. And and I find that these are very very popular and 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 it also kind of gives this uh i don't know what to expect feeling to it and i think that's really cool because yeah great yeah you can create that effect in photoshop and all that stuff but to not know what your image is going to look like 
is very, very interesting. And so it's even with a normal film, I think um, like I I had a role of a cine still uh, 800T that was like an alpha role. And um, when I went to expose it and then went and processed it, it actually had a light leak on the edges. And mm-hmm. um, and that was just because it was uh, an early film from the Indiegogo. And it just th- I love these images so much. And um, I, I think that's just really the fun part to go and get it scanned in and go, whoa, that came out cool. Um, <laughs> so it, and it's even better when when you shoot an image and it just comes out better than you expected. So, wow. Uh, you know, there, there are two things. So mm-hmm. for, one part of film photography is when you play around with it just to have fun as a hobby. Mm-hmm. When you actually do projects, you do not want unpredictable results at all. That's very true. You know, so I maybe would love to experiment a little, mm-hmm. but I honestly don't have time. I don't Mm -hmm. have time. I need to work predictably. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it becomes like digital in a way. Sure. No, no, that's a very good point. So I guess um, when you are wanting results that you know you can depend on. um, So I guess are there certain emulsions that you find yourself drawn to that you go, I know I can depend on this. I know um, Mm -hmm. based off of my my metering and all this stuff like do you go to a very calculated approach and and yeah. plan out your shots all like that so walk me through your process as far as um doing all that okay uh so uh for the project i'm working on right now it's about construction sites in france mm-hmm. uh i go for kodak uh, tmax 400 mm-hmm. 400 iso because 200 or 100 I prefer 100 ISO, of course, for the grain, Mm -hmm. for finer grain, but I shoot a lot inside and I don't uh, have the possibility to put tripod all the time because construction sites, uh, you know, while you put a tripod, you get hit with something. Mm -hmm. So you have to be fast and you have to be able to kind of have... uh, shorter exposure times mm-hmm. so 400 iso but i don't want to go to higher isos mm-hmm. also because of the grain because i like printing big sure i i don't like printing small and i know some people like the look of the grain blah 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 i am mm-hmm. not one of those people <laughs> <laughs> i i love absolutely perfect perfect prints like when you look at it you're uh, like is it even analog like sure yeah Although it might be a bit stupid because why should analog if in the end it looks like digital? <laughs> no, I mean, that's no, I think that's a very valid point. I mean, um, you know, I think one of the things that had blown me away when I first saw um, one of my first big analog prints, um, not mine, huh? but uh, Ansel Adams, um, I saw a oh. monster um, uh, picture of the Grand Tetons in the Snake River. And Mm -hmm. that image, I was blown away and going, when was this shot? And then only to find out that this was shot, you know, 80, 90 years ago. And you look at it and going, I don't know when this was shot. And I think um, there's something to be said about very well-crafted analog images where you cannot tell whether it was shot on digital or on film. And um, and that that has to say something uh, just to go to say that film can keep up with uh, aspects of digital. I think that um, they can survive together. But um, 
to physically have a negative in your hand and something that you can go back to and know that, you know, this image or this negative is stable and it's archivable. Um, it, it speaks for itself. And I think that's uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah. So um, I'm just out of curiosity. I'm, I have a couple uh, questions. I, I asked the uh, Studio C41 group, and uh-huh. we have a few um, fans that had a couple questions for you. And okay. uh, we had uh, one friend. His name is uh, Dimitri. And, uh, oh, that's a Russian name. It is. Um, he was born. I'm trying to remember. He, was on, he does a, a website called Analog uh, Cafe. And um, his parents, I believe, are from Moscow, uh, but he lives in Canada now. Um, So his website is absolutely awesome. He's actually working on showcasing uh, female creatives on his uh, website. Um, So his question, uh, and I quote here, uh, I wonder where the best place is to see her work. I figure a lot of printed images with only one series on her website and Instagram uh, feed. Um, so where can we find your images and are you doing any uh, exhibitions in North America? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can find my images like right here at my home in the, in my wardrobe in a huge boxes, <laughs> files and files, actually I've matted a selenium toned retouched prints. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tons of them. But seriously, okay. Um, okay, working. Next year in May, I will have a show in New York on Manhattan. Oh, cool. And I, yes, I will announce it on my Instagram. So everyone's welcome. And I hope to be there for the opening if the Americans give me a visa. <laughs> and, but this, let's not get into politics. Sure. But, yeah, but I hope, I hope that some friendship emerges between our countries uh, <laughs> and it will be easier for me to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So that's one. And then I will have in France another show uh, connected to those construction sites because that's a project for a client. Mm-hmm. So there will be a book about it and maybe with the exhibition, I'll also do a book. I don't know. It's just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Okay. Now yeah. you mentioned about some of your printing and, and, um, I'm kind of curious. Um, you, you said you do a lot of selenium toning and everything like, yeah. um, do you find that most of while you said that a lot of your photographing process is, um, not so much experimenting, um, that you kind of have to go to a process that you can totally depend on, but do you find mm-hmm. that your experimentation typically happens in the dark room when you are printing, I would say? Okay, yeah, my first photo series, the one that is on my website, I uh, printed everything identically first. And then it was an accident when I think there was another girl printing in the same dark room. And I did not put my print face down, mm-hmm. but it was face up and it stuck to her print. So it didn't process properly. Oh, no. And when, yeah, and when we turned on light, it was much, much lighter than it was supposed to be. And I saw it, I was like, wow. This is gorgeous. That is how I want my prints to look. So I reprinted everything. I threw away all the previous prints and I reprinted the entire series and it was more than 70 images. Uh, so I reprinted wow. everything much lighter and actually that style, I still stick to it because I discovered some 
exactly. As for Selenium, it was the same old story of uh, mistakes. Mm -hmm. I Selenium toned all of those images, but mostly for archival. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And um, one image, I left it in Selenium for too long. I think mm -hmm. I, I was on Instagram or something, or I was on a call. And when I came back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I came back, it was like, this purplish pinkish tint mm -hmm. and it went so amazingly with the image i was like okay i'm retoning all of my images again <laughs> so uh, so these happy mistakes um you know it's it's really cool to to hear that you know you you discover a process where i mean i wouldn't say it's all about mistakes but i mean just unexpected results and then you yeah. kind of develop an interest I'm going, okay, let me try this and let me try that. So that's, yeah, that's really cool that, um, you're doing that. So have you experimented with any other toning processes like, uh, an actual sepia tone and all that? No, of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sepia is too orange to my taste, but mm -hmm. sepia plus selenium is really, really gorgeous. Really? <sighs> Absolutely. Mind blowing. Try it. I'm, I might have to, I, I, you know, honestly, I've <laughs> never toned. Um, yeah. um, I, I'm Steven, my co-host, uh, he, he has a much, uh, deeper background in, in photography than I, uh, cause I, I have been in film probably only four years. Steven's been in it mm -hmm. for gosh, almost 20, but uh, or no, not 20. Uh, well, yeah, about 15 years actually. So, but he's in, mm -hmm. he's been in it for a very long time. So I'll, I'll definitely have to talk to him about that. So, um, cool. Well, um, another Part two of the question that Dimitri had asked is uh -huh. um, if you would be interested in talking about your experiences working in a male-dominated profession and uh, what do you think could be done to make photography a better environment for, for everybody? That is an amazing question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. I love male-dominated environments. I mm -hmm. feel amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I prefer working with men. I've preferred this my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, I do get along with women. Mm -hmm. I do have friends and I don't um, discriminate. However, mm -hmm. I really prefer working with men. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just it. So uh, I feel great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found amazing friends through photography. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there is anything to make better in that sense. Very cool. Yeah. And I know a lot of girls or young women or uh, even older women, actually, who start film photography again. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard any complaints about the gender inequalities or anything or mm -hmm. any discrimination. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. OK, maybe in Russia it is a little bit more pronounced mm -hmm. because we generally uh our society is generally a little bit less um, oriented towards gender equality mm -hmm. in the Western sense. But mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily bad. Once you prove that you're good enough, everyone will respect you. Ah, okay. So I don't think it's a problem. Okay, yeah, maybe they will look at you first like, oh, a girl with a large format camera, how, what can she do? Right. But once they see that you work really well, you print really well, everyone respects you. Ah, so you let the work speak for itself. That's a, that's a very good, good point. So absolutely. It's like, uh, no one has a choice, but to respect my work because I know it's good. Mm -hmm. I know I worked, I, I know I work crazy hard to make perfect prints and perfect images. Not okay. Perfect doesn't exist, mm -hmm. but 
you know, certain quality. There is a certain level of quality at which you can't say anything. You can say, okay, I don't like it. Sure. I don't like this work. I don't like this style. But you're like, that's good quality. I can't say anything. Right. No, that's a that's a very valid point. I, I would completely agree with that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, all right. So I have another question. Uh, this is from Anna. Uh, she has asked, uh, what is your favorite camera and why? And uh, what is the most common problem of shooting with large format cameras? <clears throat> okay. So first part of the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have very simple cameras. I've had until now. Now that I got my mania, everyone envies me <laughs> because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but before I was shooting with the Yashica D, it's a super basic camera. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near a Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Practica 35mm. It's nice. amazing. Uh, but it has a lens, which I got from my grandma. Mm-hmm. It's a 20 millimeter lens, which gives almost no distortion. It's cool. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And no one has a lens like this because it was done in the Soviet times and produced with in little quantities. So it, it's really amazing. Uh, then what do you have? And I have like a bunch of those old cameras like Nagfa and uh, Ferrania, some weird, weird cameras mm-hmm. that I sometimes shoot with. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I mostly work with my Mamiya mm-hmm. and I love it. But I think the most special to me is my Yashica, definitely. Yeah. Because I have square. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was Yashica. just about to ask about the square format. Um, it, I guess... So would you prefer square format over rectangle? I mean, if joking around, if you had one camera that you had to have for the rest of your life, would it be something like a square format or would you go with a rectangle? (laughs) (laughs) You see, (laughs) every camera format fits a different subject. For instance, those Mm -hmm. construction sites that I'm doing right now, I don't see it in square. Like Mm -hmm. you can't do it in square. It's all so dynamic. There is this light and lines and movement. You just can't fit it into a square. Square is made for something that is more calm, emotional. It's, uh, it's definitely not as dynamic. It's more stable, even visually. Mm -hmm. So saying that I would stick to one camera for the rest of my life means I would stick to one subject for the rest of my life. That's a very good point. So that would be quite impossible. (laughs) Hey, that's, that's an awesome answer and I am totally okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) So you said you have a Mamiya, so I'm guessing it is the Mamiya seven, two that you've put up on Instagram before. Okay. So I have the Mamiya seven. Um, uh-huh. and I absolutely love that camera. I take it everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have been shooting primarily with a 50 millimeter F4 point. Uh, I think it's the F4. Mm. Uh, no, sorry. It's F4.5. Um, so I, I guess what, what are some of the lenses that you're going with? Um, like, do you, do you have a lens preference or a range that you kind of feel more comfortable with? Okay, uh, so for 35, I have only this 20 milli- milliliter, <laughs> millimeter. Mm-hmm. I have a 20 millimeter for uh, 35 mm-hmm. and a 50. Mm-hmm. I don't have a telephoto, and I honestly don't think I ever needed it. I mean, I do have it somewhere in the boxes, but it's mm-hmm. just I never use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I discovered that with 20, I shoot 
everything. Mm-hmm. And the 50, I took it out maybe like once and forever, really. Mm-hmm. So I really love the super wide angle. And same goes for the Mamiya. Mm-hmm. My also favorite lens is a 50. Mm-hmm. I don't shoot at 4.5. Again, mm-hmm. because of the current project, I need a bigger depth of field. That's sure. the only reason. Mm-hmm. So I really... I abuse this lens but (laughs) lately i looked at my contact sheets and i was like huh because of this distortion Mm -hmm. most of the images look same so for now i switched uh, i switched to an 80 Mm -hmm. which is like a 50 on a regular camera and i shot a bit with 80 and 65 and also i used the i think wait is it a hundred i don't remember i don't have it with me anyway there is the longer lens the 150 f4 yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, this one I also use, but again, if the subject is far away, whatever, I don't, I don't really love, love, love this lens is just useful. Right. So yeah, my favorite is a 50 as well, but I just can't shoot with it anymore. It's too much. Sure. No, I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm kind of feeling like I'm in the same boat with my 50 millimeter as well, mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of lean, I use this one more for street photography and i'm finding that i have to get really close with this 50 millimeter and i'm I'm actually kind of kind of considering going to maybe something like a 65 or an 80 mm-hmm. myself so that's interesting that we're kind of almost like on the same page when it comes to to, to those <laughs> lenses so that's cool um yeah there was a second part of the question oh. would you please remind something about the four by five yes uh, what is the most common problem of shooting with large format cameras? My biggest problem in life with large format is dust on the negatives. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I am probably unlucky with that, <laughs> honestly. Mm. Okay, on 8x10, you don't really see this dust. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's such a huge sheet, so if there is a tiny little speck of dust, no one cares. On 4x5, every speck of dust counts. <laughs> no, that's very true. I think I think you're you're bringing up a very valid point. Because I, I live with a whole bunch of cats, and <sighs> their fur is everywhere. So when I'm loading them into the, um, to the slide holders, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm having to, even like in complete darkness... I'm still dusting it out as much as I can. And I'm still every once in a while, I'll get some dust on there and it drives me up yep. the wall. <laughs> I tried everything, anti-static sprays, anti-static brushes, mm-hmm. all of uh, mini vacuum cleaners. And I guess it's just bad luck with it. So in mm-hmm. the end, I'm, I'm having, I have to retouch mm-hmm. the dust on the negative and mm-hmm. then retouch it on the print. So you take red paint and retouch those little specks of dust. Mm-hmm. And then when you print, it's white. So you have to retouch it again on the front. Interesting. Or to avoid this problem, you just shoot only landscapes and you don't see dust in landscapes. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned something where you're saying you're touching it up on the negative. I've never heard this process. Um, can you explain that to me? You take a number zero brush. Mm-hmm. You take regular red, red um gouache paint and you retouch on the glossy side with a magnifying glass Mm -hmm. on a light table that's it and if you mess up you wash it Mm -hmm. uh under running water Mm -hmm. and it washes off super easily it does not ruin the negative at all 
Interesting. And then you do it again, and then you do it again, <laughs> and you do it about a hundred times, and then you get it right. Wow, I that <laughs> is that is intense. I would say because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen Certainly. <laughs> I've seen where the touch ups have taken place on the print, uh, where yeah. you actually have I, I guess more so with the 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 black and white the silver gelatin prints where they're going in and touching up based on the tones that they're going in. And I can't imagine, especially on a huge, you say you print very big. I can't imagine being there. And I mean, how long is that process taking as far as when you're going through and touching up your prints like that? Once I had this experience very recently, Mm -hmm. uh, I had to retouch 12 prints and they were all toned differently. Mm -hmm. They were on different paper, different toners. And I had to retouch them because they had a huge, huge, like white hair across all of them. Oh no. Yep. And I discovered it a little late Mm. as usual. So Mm. when I came to the place where they had to mount the prints, Mm-hmm. They luckily had a huge palette of different colors for retouching. So in 30 minutes, I retouched all of the 12 prints. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I did not do a very bad job. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. Usually, of course, if I have the time, it's about, um, I don't know, maybe half hour per print. Oh, wow. But, but again, it's different. If it's matte paper, it's easier to retouch. If it's glossy, it's harder. Mm-hmm. If it's Ilford Art 300, it's, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. It's the best paper for retouching. So have, if I have a lot of dust and if the subject fits with a paper texture, mm-hmm. I prefer printing or on Art 300 just because afterwards it will be easier to retouch. Interesting. That's very cool. Yeah. Now, um, you, you you have a process where you are very analog, I would say, but do your negatives go through um, a, a digital scan or anything along those lines that, you know, um, that you use and then print on, say, like archival ink or anything like that? I don't know how to print digitally at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Uh, at university, there was this guy who was doing a lot of digital printing and his prints were awesome. Mm-hmm. And I figured that you actually can print badly and you can print well mm-hmm. in digital as well. There are standards and it's not as easy as it seems to make a really, really beautiful digital print. So I was like, okay, this is too complicated. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's honestly much, much easier for me to print in the darkrooms and scan and edit in Photoshop. I don't get the same results at all. Interesting. That is also why on my website there is pretty much nothing because I don't scan negatives. Ah, okay. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. That's very good point. So, cool. Well, uh-huh. um, so I had asked you a question before we started recording. Yes. And um, I said... Is there a question that I have not asked during this interview that you would have liked me to have asked? Um, I don't think so. I (laughs) I just go with the flow, you know? I Uh, like improvising. Yeah. Very cool. And that's fine. That's that's the the subject of a good conversation. So um, I did have one more question that I wanted to ask. And Uh I know that you're going, you've done YouTube videos and stuff like that. and I guess, what would you recommend for somebody that's just now getting into four by five and um, and has 
no idea where to start. And I mean, you have an awesome body of videos to help people and and, uh, listeners. I will post those links in the show notes because it is very, very helpful. So I guess what would advice would you give somebody that is now kind of starting to get into film? (laughs) Into film or large format? Um, Let's do both. Let's do both. Okay. I recently had my first workshop. And uh, some people already were familiar with film Mm -hmm. and some people were not as experienced. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting to see the people's first reactions. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that I was saying to everyone, just relax. Don't think about everything you've read online, because when you're a beginner, it's so easy to go online and watch those YouTube videos, <laughs> not mine, someone else's. I watched some YouTube videos and I got, I got just scared. Mm-hmm. It's terrible what they say. Uh, it's terrible how they explain. You look at it and you're like, oh, no, I'm never going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to process a roll of film. Okay, with processing videos are more or less okay. With printing, it just it just goes bad. <laughs> it just goes bad there. Maybe there are a couple of decent ones, but mostly mm-hmm. it's designed to scare people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want to say, don't be scared. Mm-hmm. And don't be scared of making mistakes as well. I made so many mistakes. Like every single mistake you can imagine, I've done it. I've stopped before developer. By the way, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, things like that. Uh, I opened the tank. What, Uh, before pouring fixer, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And of course you don't have to open, open the tank and actually put it under light, Mm -hmm. you know, and do those things on purpose. But if you make accidents, no one is going to die. Seriously. So (laughs) (laughs) just enjoy the process, make mistakes. Everyone is so tied to those numbers. And the only thing that's important is the temperature of your developer. Mm -hmm. That's the, only really important thing the rest you know how you agitate like if you do a second more a second less if you process a little bit more seriously it does not affect film as much as you think Mm -hmm. okay you do serious work Mm -hmm. and uh, you do want predictable results of course you want to be as precise as possible because in the end you print let's say enormous images and if you over process uh, you will see this difference in grain, right? Mm-hmm. You will see those diff- this difference in highlights. Yeah. But if you're a beginner, come on, just uh, just start it. Yeah. Don't pressure yourself. That's the main thing I was telling to my group and uh, what I want to tell to everyone. Don't be scared. It's not scary. It's fun. That's it. <laughs> awesome. And then the yeah. recommendation for uh, people getting into 4 by 5 Ah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it because that's what it really does feel like. But, you know, I I think it's really important to I think I think film photographers in general have always been very interested in experimenting. And um, and I think that four by five is one of those where. Um, you can experiment with it and, and it's, you are going to fail. And I think people are okay with failure and then learning from it. And I think that's the great thing about four by five is that you start off and, you know, when I first got into four by five and I messed it up like so bad, I, I put it back on the shelf 
for for yeah. uh, probably about three or four months. And I said, I, I don't, you know, I was so disappointed in it. And, um, and I was like, this is just too hard. And, and then something just kind of itch saying, you need to go back to it. You need to kind of, you know, don't give up, go straight it back into it and learn it. And, and so I just kept at it and kept at it. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, four by five is, when you get the results that you're looking for, they're absolutely amazing. And it just takes practice. It like, like anything else out there. I mean, you know, I have a recommendation. Yeah. (laughs) I just remembered study zone system. It will save your life. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) That's, that's really a huge thing. It's not as complicated as Mm. it might first sound. Mm. I need to do a video about it. I need to do a billion videos, to be honest. I don't know where to start <laughs> and I don't know where to find time to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely zone system for large format is the way to go. And uh, I, you were telling me about this buying the camera and putting it on the shelf. Like mm-hmm. my first large format was eight by 10. It was not four by five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just learned using the 8x10 camera when I had this idea for a documentary project in the mountains in Russia. It was about a semi-abandoned town. It was, I have a video on my YouTube talking about this project, but it's in bad quality and it's been posted long ago. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so you imagine a person who just literally just learned how to use an 8x10 camera, basically learned, and then goes on this trip with my mommy and we were living in a hotel and I was processing in the hotel bathroom mm-hmm. my negative yeah and I was there with this 8 by 10 camera I was doing portraits landscapes all of it mm-hmm. it was crazy but I don't think I've ever been happier in my life that's amazing and sometimes like I would process film and you can imagine that the hotel bathroom is not light proof yeah. so yeah, we had to wait for the sunset in order for everything to be super dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and it, in summertime, it's very late. So I would shoot the entire day, be totally exhausted. And then oh, yeah. like a zombie, I would be processing this film. And for timing, I had my boyfriend on Skype mm. who was timing me. That's, that was difficult. It was extremely difficult, but it was so much fun. when you do something so interesting and fun, you will find people who will help you. You will find people who will support you. And that's the best thing about photography. And also a good thing about large format cameras, when people see you with a camera like this, they're willing to be photographed much more than with a digital camera. They literally come to you and they're like, oh, what is this camera? Like, what are you doing? And I'm always inviting. I'm like, hey, look, it's upside down. It's flipped. Yep. It's this old technique. It's just one shot. Do you want your portrait taken? <laughs> gotcha. That's, yeah. that's uh, no, that, that is absolutely true. Because when I go out uh, with my 4x5, it really does grab a lot of attention. And mm-hmm. I usually get a lot of people that are very interested in what I'm doing and not complaining, but I usually lose track sometimes like right as Mm, right when I'm about (laughs) to expose an image or something like that, somebody walks up and going, Oh, what are you doing? And, and then I, uh, this happened to me once where I put the, the, uh, dark slide back over it, but I had Mm. already flipped it to black. And, Uh and so I, I put it back down and then I talked to the gentleman for about 10 minutes and, and then I came back and I looked at my, 
my uh, camera and I went, wait a minute, did I take a picture? And and I'm sitting here going, oh, my gosh. And, and so I didn't want to risk it. So I flipped it around and then exposed it. And then when I went to develop it, it was just blank. And I was like, ah, I never I never fired the shot. And, and that was one of the my I don't want to say pet peeves or anything yeah. like that, but you know, it does grab attentions, but it is a great, it is great to talk to people because they're, they find it so interesting that some, that this process is still alive. So, well, I have one last question that is not related to photography whatsoever. Since you have been sporting a Metallica t-shirt, what is your favorite Metallica song? <laughs> oh, that's an amazing question. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I, I can give you a top list. Okay, okay. I can't. I don't okay. have a favorite song. It's impossible. Come on, Metallica. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Except I for love... Saint Anger, we won't. We won't talk about Saint Anger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Metallica Die Die My Darling, mm -hmm. although I don't think it's their original song. Originally, yeah. it's someone else's. It, it might be by Misfits, mm -hmm. but I love it in Metallica version. Mm -hmm. I love The Unforgiven 2. Yeah. It's maybe one of my favorites. Whiskey in the Jar. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there are too many. <laughs> Master of Puppets, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Enter Sandman. Yes. No, I can, I can list forever. I can list forever. <laughs> I really want to go again to Metallica concert. Oh my gosh. They, they were here last year. Unfortunately, their tickets were just so expensive. And you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. I, I played guitar in high school and everything. And I, I can tell you the song that I played so much until my fingers uh -huh. literally bled. The, well, there were two songs. The first one was um, uh, Ride the Lightning mm -hmm. and then Master of Puppets. And yeah. Master Puppets is just a such a fast beat and everything that, you know, I remember my <laughs> fingers would be so sore by the end of that song. And, you know, especially when you I think it the I think it's like 220 beats per minute or something like that. It's very fast. But um, <laughs> but yeah, those are my my two favorite uh, songs. With did you manage to play it in the end? I did. And, you know, it's funny. All right. So uh, totally not photography related here, guys. So I'm sorry. <laughs> So um, in high school, uh, we had a uh, concert and it was uh, everybody got together. So I was in a uh, uh, metal band and um, we played Master of Puppets <laughs> and our drummer <laughs> thought that it was a great idea to have his drumsticks soaking in lighter fluid uh, prior to the song. And then when the song started, he pulled the sticks out and he lit them on fire. And he started drumming them on fire and everybody just started freaking out. And a teacher came up onto the stage and the, while we were in the middle of playing and took the drumsticks and like put them out and we just kept playing through it. And then he got the drumsticks and then he kept, uh, you know, get another set and he kept playing. And throughout that entire song, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to be kicked out of school. And amazingly, nothing happened after that. But uh, yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> That was pretty intense, was. <laughs> but we got through the song and um, and it was it's probably one of my my favorite songs in the world. So but uh, ah, I remember my favorite song of Metallica, like top, 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 number one. I don't know how I forgot it. Sad, but true. That's Sad number but one. True. Yes, that's yes, a great one. That's number one for awesome. sure. Great. And then the rest of the list. <laughs> <laughs>
Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Lena, thank you so much. I guess, how do we find you um, on the internet? Uh, how do we find you on Instagram and uh, on your YouTube? Better find me in real life. Come to Florence, Italy <laughs> and come to my lab. I'm always happy to have people coming and seeing my place. I opened the lab maybe uh, three weeks ago. Cool. A month ago. Yes, it's all new. It's gorgeous. It's the most beautiful place on the planet. So I'm so proud of it. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That I always want to share my happiness with everyone. So find me in real life. Okay. I'm always happy to find to meet new people. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then I will take that as an invitation to come to Florence then. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and anyone listening can take it as an invitation. Very cool. All right. And then we can find you on Instagram. I believe it is uh, lena.bessanova.photography, I believe. Without the first dot, lena.bessanova.photography. Okay. Well, just Google me and you will have all the, all the addresses. My website is boring. Although on my website, you can see the photos of the dark room. <laughs> cool. all right yep. awesome well um we close the show out with um uh you guys helping me out with uh shoot some film dang it i don't know if you could help me out with closing that out shoot some film dang it yes <laughs> awesome well thank you lena and uh guys we will see you guys on the next episode see ya